Hi guys, welcome back to my podcast. I hope you enjoyed the first episode of the Warrior series. Today I'll be reading chapter 1 and 2, I think. And then, yeah, so yeah, I'll be um, recording or reading or whatever that, and yeah. So let's get to it. Chapter 1. It was very dark. Rusty could sense something was near. The young tomcat's eyes opened wide as he scanned the dense undergrowth. This place was unfamiliar, but the strange sense drew him, drew him onward, deeper into the shadows. His stomach growled, reminding him of his hunger. He opened his jaws slightly to let the warm smells of the forest reach the scent glands on the roof of his mouth. Musty odors of leaf mold mingled with tempting aroma of a small furry creature. Suddenly, a flash of, a, of gray raced past him. Rusty stopped, still listening. It was hiding in the leaves, less than two tail lengths away. Rusty knew it was a mouse. He could feel the rapid pulsing of a tiny heart beat within his fur. He swallowed stiffly, his rumbling stomach. Soon his hunger would be satisfied. Slowly he lowered his body into a position, crouching for the attack. He was downwind of the mouse. He knew it was not aware of him. With one final check on his, on his prey's position, Rusty pushed back hard on his haunches and sprang kicking up leaves on the forest floor as he rose. Small, small mouse dived for, dived for cover, heading toward a hole in the ground, but Rusty was already on top of it. He scooped it into the air, the helpless creature is there, hooking the helpless creature with his thorn-sharp claws, bringing it up in a high arc into the leaf-covered ground. The mouse landed dazed, but alive. He tried to run, but Rusty snatched it up again. He tossed the mouse once more, this time a little farther away. The mouse managed to scramble a few paces before Rusty got up with it. Suddenly a noise roared nearby. Rusty looked around, and as he did, as he did so, the mouse was able to pull away from its claws. When Rusty turned back, he saw a dart in the darkness among the tangled roots of a tree. Angry, Rusty gave up the hunt. He spun around, his, glee, his green eyes glaring, intent on searching out the noise that had cost him his kill. The sound rattled on, becoming more familiar. Rusty blinked open his eyes. The forest had disappeared. He was inside a hot, airless kitchen, curled in his bed. Moonlight filtered through the window, casting shadows on the smooth, hard floor. The noise had been the rattle of hard, dried pellets of, of food as they were tipped into a dish. Rusty had been dreaming. Lifting his head, he rested his chin on the side of his bed. His color rubbed uncomfortably around his neck. In his dream, he had felt fresh air ruffling the soft fur where the collar usually pinched. Rusty rolled into onto his back, savoring the dream for a few more, more moments. He could still smell the mouse. It has. It was the third time since the full moon that he'd had the dream, and every time, the mouse had escaped his grasp. He licked his lips. From his bed, he could smell the bland odor of his food. His owners always refilled his dish before they went to bed. The dusty smell chased away the warm sense of his dream. 
but the hunger rumbled on him and his stomach ache. So Rusty stretched the sleep out of his lungs and padded across the kitchen floor to his dinner. The food felt dry and t- tasteless on his tongue. Rusty reluctantly swallowed one more mouthful. Then he turned away from the food dish and pushed his way out the cat lab, hoping that the smell of the garden would bring back the feelings from his dream. Outside, the moon was bright. It was raining lightly. Rusty stalked down the tidy garden, following the starlit gravel path, feeling the stones cold and sharp beneath his paws. He made his dirt beneath a large bush with glossy green leaves and heavy purple flowers. The sickly sweet scent coiled the damp air around him, and he curled his lip to drive the smell out of his nostrils. Afterward, Rusty settled down on top of one of the posts in the fence that marked the limits of his garden. It was his favorite spot, as he could see right into the neighboring gardens as well as into the dense green forest on the other side of the garden fence. The rain had, the rain had stopped. Behind him, the close-cropped lawn was bathed in moonlight, but beyond the fence, the woods were full of shadows. Rusty stretched his foot, his head for, he stretched his head forward to take a sniff of the vampire air. His skin was warm and dry under his thick coat, but he could feel the weight of the raindrops that sparkled on his ginger fur. He heard his owners giving him one last call back into the door. If he went, he went with, to them now. They would greet him with gentle words and caresses and help and welcome him into their bed where he he would curl purring purring warm in the crook of a bent knee but this time rusty ignored his owner and turned his gaze back to the forest the crisp smell of the woods had grown fresher after the rain suddenly his fur on his spine prickled was something moving out there was something watching him rusty stared ahead but it was impossible to see or smell anything in the dark, tree-scented air. He lifted his, tree, his chin boldly, stood up, and stretched. One paw gripping each corner of the fence post as he straightened his legs and arched his back. He closed his eyes and breathed in the smell of the woods once more. It seemed to promise him something, him to come onward into the whispering shadows. Tensing his muscles, he crouched for a moment and leaped lightly down to the rough grass on the other side of the fence. As he landed, the bell on his collar rang out through the still night air. Where are you off to, Rusty? Meowed a familiar voice behind him. Rusty looked up. A young black and white cat was balancing ungracefully on the fence. Hello, Smudge, he re- Rusty replied. You're not going into the woods, are you? Smudge amber eyes were huge. Just for a look. Rusty promised, shifting uncomfortably. You wouldn't You wouldn't get me in there. It's dangerous. Smunch wrinkled his black nose with distaste. Henry said he went into the woods once. The cat lifted his head and gestured with his nose over the rows of fences toward the garden where Henry lived. That fat old tabby never went into the woods, Rusty scoffed. He hardly he's hardly beyond his own garden since he his trip to the bed. All he wants to do is eat and sleep. No, really, he caught a robin there, Smudge insisted. 
Well, if he did, well, then it was before the vet. Now he complains ab- about birds because they disturb his dozing. Well, anyway, Spudge went on, inc- ignoring the scorn in Rusty's meal. Henry told me there are all sorts of dangerous animals out there. Huge wildcats who eat, eat live rabbits for breakfast and sharpen their claws on old bones. I'm only going for a book around, Rusty mewed. I won't stay long. Well, don't say I didn't warn you, said Smudge. The black and white cat turned and plunged off the fence back into his own garden. Rusty sat down in the coarse grass beyond the gardens. He gave his shoulder a nervous lick and wondered how much of Smudge's gossip was true. Suddenly, the movement of a tiny creature caught his eye, and he watched it scuttle under some brambles. Instinct made him drop into a low crouch with one slow crawl after another. He drew his body forward through the undergrowth, ears pricked, nostrils flared, eyes unblinking. He moved toward the animal. He knew he could see it clearly now. He could see it clearly now, sitting up among the barbed branches, nibbling on a large seed held between its paws. It was a mouse. Rusty walked his haunches from side to side, preparing to leap. He held his breath in case the bell rang again. Excitement coursed through him, making his heart pound. This was even better than his dreams. Then a sudden noise of cracking twigs and and crunching leaves made him jump. His bell jangled treacherously, and the mouse darted went into the thickest tangle of the bramble brush. Rusty stood very still and looked around. He could see the white tip of a red bushy tail trailing through a clump of tall ferns up ahead. He smelled a strong, strange scent, definitely a meat-eater, but neither a cat nor dog. Distracted, Rusty forgot about the mouse and watched the red tail curiously. He wanted a better look. All of Rusty's senses strained as he prowled forward. Then he detected another noise. It came from behind, but sounded mute muted and distant. He spilled his ears back. Backward. To hear better. Paw steps, he wondered. But he kept his eyes fixed on the strange red fur up ahead and continued to creep onward. It was only when the faint rustling behind him became loud and fast approaching leaf crackle that Rusty realized he was in danger. The creature hit like an explosion and Rusty was thrown sideways into a clump of, clump of nettles. Shooting and yelling, he tried to throw off the attacker and that had fastened itself to his back. It was gripping him with incredibly sharp claws. Rusty could feel spiked teeth perking at his neck. He words, writhed, and squirmed from whisker to tail, but he couldn't free himself. For a second, he felt happiness, helpless. Then he froze. Thinking fast, he flipped over on his back. He knew instinctively how dangerous it was to expose his soft belly, but it was the only chance. He was lucky the ploy seemed to work. He heard a huff behind him as the breath was knocked out of his attacker. Thrashing fiercely, Rusty managed to wriggle free without looking back. He sprinted toward his home. Then, in the rush of paw steps, told Rusty his attacker was giving chase. Even though the pain from his scratches stung beneath his fur, Rusty decided that he would rather turn and fight than let himself be jumped on again. He skidded to a stop, spun around, and faced his pursuer. It was on, it was another kitten with a thick coat of shaggy gray fur, strong legs, and broad, and a broad face. 
In a heartbeat, Rusty smelled that it was a taunt and sensed the power in the sturdy shoulders underneath the soft coat. Then the kitten crashed into Rusty at full pelt. Taken by surprise by Rusty's turnabout, it fell back into a dazed heap. The impact knocked the breath out of Rusty and he staggered. He quickly found his footing and arched his back, huffing out his orange fur, puffing out his orange fur. But as, and ready to spring onto the other kitten. But his attacker simply sat up and began to lick a forepaw, all signs of aggression gone. Rusty felt strangely disappointed. Every part of him was, re- was tense, ready for battle. Hi there, kitty pet, yelled the gray tom cheerfully. You put up quite a fight for a tame kitty. Rusty remained on tiptoe for a second, wondering whether to attack anyway. Then he remembered the strength he had felt in, his, in the kitten's paws when he had pinned him to the ground. He dropped his, into onto his pads, loosened his muscles, and let his spine unbend. And I'll fight you again if I have to, he growled. I'm Graypaw, by the way, the gray kitten went on, ignoring Rusty's threat. I'm training to be a ThunderClan warrior. Rusty remained silent. He didn't understand what this gray what's-it was meowing about. But he sensed the threat had passed, and he and hid his confused by learning, leaning down to lick his ruffled chest. What's a kitty pet like you doing out in the woods? Don't you know it's dangerous? Asked Graypaw. If you're the most dangerous thing the woods has to offer, then I think I can add what Rusty bluffed. Graypaw looked at, up at him for a moment, narrowing his big yellow eyes. Oh, I'm far from the most dangerous. If I were even happier, I would... I'd have given an intruder like you some real wounds to think about. Rusty felt the thrill of fear at the ominous words. What did this cat mean by intruder? Anyway, mewed, meowed Graypaw, using his sharp teeth to tug a clump of grass from between his claws. I didn't think it was worth hurting you. You're obviously not from one of the other clans. Other clans? Rusty echoed confused. Graypaw let out an impatient hiss. You must have heard of warrior clans that haunt around here belong to ThunderClan. The clans are always trying to steal the prey from our territory, especially ShadowClan. They're so fierce, they would have ripped you to shreds no questions asked. Graypaw paused to spit angrily and continued. They had come to take prey that is rightfully ours. It's not, it's the job of ThunderClan warriors to keep the territory, to keep them out of our territory. When I finish my training. It'll be so dangerous. I'll be so dangerous. I'll have the other clans shaking in their flea-bitten skins. They won't dare come near us then. Rusty narrowed his eyes. This must be one of the wildcats Smudge had warned him about. Living rough in the woods and hunting and fighting each other for every last scrap of food. Yet Rusty didn't feel scared. In fact, it was hard not to admire this confident kitten. So you're not a warrior yet? He asked. Why, did you think I was? Great pop purred, la- purred proudly, and he shook his white furry head. I won't be a real warrior for ages. I have to go through the training first. Kids have to be six months old before they even begin training. Tonight is my first night out as an apprentice. Why don't you find yourself an owner with a nice cozy house instead? Your life could be much easier. Rusty me out. There are plenty of housefolk who take in a kitten like you. 
All you have to do is sit, to do is sit where they can see you and look hungry for a couple of days. And they feed me pellets that look like rabbit droppings and soft slop. Grandpa interrupted. No way. I can't think of anything worse than being a king pet. They're nothing but two-legged toys. Eating stuff that doesn't look like food. Making dirt in a box of gravel. Sticking their noses outside only when the two legs allow them. That's no life. Out here it's wild and free. And it's free. We come and go as we please. He finished his speech with a proud spit that mewed mischievously until you're... Until you've tasted a fresh-killed mouse, you haven't lived. Have you ever tasted mouse? No, Rusty admitted a little defensively. Not yet. I guess you'll never understand, Grandpa sighed. You weren't born wild. It makes a big difference. You need to be born with warrior blood in your veins, or feel the wind of your whiskers in your whiskers. Kitties born into two-legged could never feel the same way. Rusty remembered the way he felt in his dream. That's not true, he moved indignantly. Rayfly did not reply. He suddenly stiffened mid-lick. One paw still lays in the air. I smell cats from my colonies. You should go. They won't be pleased to find you hunting in our territory. Rusty looked around one, wondering how Rayfly knew any cat was approaching. He couldn't smell anything different on the leaf-scented breeze, but his fur stood up on end at the note of urgency in Grandpa's voice. Quick, hissed Grandpa again. Run! Rusty prepared to spring out into the bushes, not knowing which way it was safe to jump. He was too late. A voice meowed behind him, firm and menacing. What's going on here? Rusty turned to see a large gray she-cat strolling majestically out from the undergrowth. She was magnificent. White hair streaked her muzzle, an ugly scar part of the fur across her shoulders. But her smooth gray coat shone like silver in the moonlight. Blue Star! Beside Rusty, Graypaw crouched down and narrowed his eyes. He crouched even lower when a second hand, a handsome golden tabby followed the great cat into the glaring. You shouldn't be so near too late, place, Graypaw, growled the golden tabby angrily, narrowing his green eyes. I know, Lionheart, I'm sorry. Grandpa looked down at his paws. Rusty copied Grandpa and crouched low into the forest floor, ears twitching nervously. These cats had an air of strength he had never seen in any of his garden friends. Maybe what Smudge had warned him about was true. Who is this? asked the she-cat. Rusty fenced as she turned her gaze on him. Her piercing blue eyes made him feel even more vulnerable. He's not threat, mewed Graypaw quickly. He's not another clan warrior, just a two-legged pet from beyond our territory. Just a two-legged pet? The words inflamed Rusty. But he held his tongue. The warning look in Blue Star's, in Blue Star's stare told him that she observed the angry eyes, and he looked away. This is a Blue Star. She's leader of my clan, Graypaw hissed to Rusty under his breath, and Lionheart. He's my mentor, which means training me to be a warrior. Thank you for the introduction, Great Palm, you'd line her coolly. Blue Star was still staring at Rusty. You fight well for a two-legged pet. She meowed. Rusty Grandpa his glances. How could she know? They've been watching you both, Blue Star went on. As if she had read their thoughts. He we wondered how you could deal with an intruder, Grandpa. You attacked him bravely. 
Grandpa looked pleased at Booster's plight. Sit up, both of you. Booster looked at Rusty. You too, kitty pet. You too, kitty pet. He sat up immediately and held Booster's gaze evenly as she addressed him. You acted well to the attack, kitty pet. Grandpa is stronger than you, but you used your wits to defend yourself, and you turned to face him when he chased you. I've not seen a kitty pet do that before. Rusty managed to nod his thanks, taken aback by such unexpected praise. Her next words surprised him even more. I have been wa- wondering how you would perform out here beyond the Julig place. You're, we patrol this border frequently. We often see you sitting on your boundaries, staring out into the forest. Now at last, you have dared to place your paws here. And Star stared at Rusty thoughtfully. You do seem to have natural hunting ability. Sharp eyes. You could have caught that mouse if you had not hesitated so long. Really? Rusty stammered. Lionheart spoke now. His deep meow was respectful but insistent. Star, this is a kitty pet. He should be, not be hunting in the underground territory. Send him home to his two legs. Rusty prickled at Lionheart's dismissive words. Dismissive words, sorry guys. Send me home? Mewed impatiently. Star's words had made him glow with pride. She had noticed him. She had been impressed by him. But I've only come here to hunt for a mouse or two. I'm sure there's enough to go around. Booster turned her head to acknowledge Lionheart's word. Now her gaze snapped back to Rusty. Her blue eyes were blazing with anger. There's never enough to go around, she spat. If you didn't live such a soft, overfed life, you would know that. Rusty was confused by Booster's sudden rage. But one glance at the horrified look on Grandpa's face was enough to tell him he had spoken too freely. Lionheart stepped to his leader's sides. Both, both warriors loomed over him now. Rusty looked into Blue Star's threatening stare, and his pride dissolved. These were not cozy fires, hard cats. He was dealing with them. We was dealing with. They were mean, hungry cats who probably, who were probably going to finish that what Grandpa had started. Hey, quick side note in the episode. I'm sorry it's taken so long for me to upload this. I'm so, so sorry. Um, on with the episode. Chapter 2. Well, this blue star, her face only a mouse length from his now. Lionheart remained silent as he towered over Rusty. He flapped his ears and crouched under the golden warrior's cold stare. His fur pickled uncomfortably. I'm no threat to your clan, he mewed, looking down at his trembling paws. You threat no clan when you take our food, yelled Blue Star. You have plenty of food in your two-leg nest. I are nest already. You come here only to hunt for sport, but we hunt to survive. Truth of the warrior queen's words pierced Rusty like a blackthorn and suddenly quenched in her anger. He stopped tre- plum- trembling, sat up, and straightened his ears. He raised his eyes to meet hers. I had not thought of it that way before. I'm sorry. He mewed solemnly. I will not hunt here again. The star let her hackles fall and signaled to life. Heart to step back. You are an unusual kitty pet, Rusty, she mewed. Grey paused, sigh of relief, made Rusty's ears switch. He heard the approval in Blue Star's voice and noticed 
and she swapped a meaningful glance with Reinhardt. They looked. The look made him curious. What passed between the two warriors? Quietly, he asked, Is survival here really so hard? Our territory covers only part of the forest, answered Blue Star. We compete with other clans for what we have, and this year, late New Leaf means prey is scarce. Is your clan very big? Rusty meowed, his eyes wide. Big enough, replied Blue Star. Our territory can support us, but there is no prey left over. Are all your, are you all warriors then? Rusty meowed. Blue Star's guarded answers were just making him more and more curious. Lionheart answered him. Some are, some are warriors. Some are too, too young or too old or too busy caring for kids to hunt. And you all live and share prey together. Rusty murmured in awe. Thinking a little guiltily of his own easy, selfish life, Blue Star looked again at Lionheart. The golden tabby stared back at her steadily. At last, she returned her gaze to Rusty and meowed. Perhaps you should find out these things for yourself. Would you like to join Thunder Clan? Rusty was so surprised he couldn't speak. Blue Star went on. If you did, you would train with Graypaw to become a clan warrior. But kitty hats can't be warriors. Graypaw blurted out. They don't have warrior blood. A sad look clouded Booster's eyes. Warrior blood, she echoed with a sigh. Too much of that has been spilled lately. Blue, fo- Blue Star fell silent and Lionheart meowed. Blue Star is offering you training, okay? There's no guarantee you will become a full warrior. It might prove too difficult for you. After all, you are used to a comfortable life. Rusty was stung by Lionheart's words. He swung his head around to face the golden tabby. Why offer me a chance then? Offer me the chance then. But it was Blue Star who answered. You are right to question our mo- motives, young one. The fact is, Thunderclan needs more warriors. Understand that Blue Star does not make this offer lightly, warned Lionheart. If you wish to train with us, we'll have to take you into our clan. You must either live with us and respect our ways, or turn to your two legs and never come back. You cannot live with a paw in each world. A cool breeze stirred the undergrowth, ruffling Rusty's fur. He shivered, not with the cold, but with excitement of the incredible possibilities opening up in front of him. Are you wondering if it's worth giving up your comfortable, comfortable kitty pet life? Asked Blue Star gently. But do you realize the price you will pay for your warmth and food. But she looked at her puzzled. Surely his encounter with these cats had proved to him just how easy and luxurious his life was. I can tell you that you are still a Tom. Booster added, despite the two leg stench that clings to your fur. What do you mean, still a Tom? You haven't yet been taken by the two legs to see the cutter. Beyond Booster gravely, you would be very not different then. Not quite so keen to fight a clan cat, I suspect. Rusty was confused. He suddenly thought of Henry, who had become fat and lazy since his visit to the vet. Was that what Blue Star meant by the cutter? The clan may not be able to offer you such easy food or warmth, continued Blue Star. In the season of Leaf Bear, nights in the forest can be cruel. The clan will demand great loyalty and hard work. You will be expected to protect the clan with your life if necessary, 
and there are many mouths to feed. But the rewards are great. You will remain a Tom. You will be trained in the ways of the wild. You will learn what it is to be a real cat. The strength and the fellowship of the clan will always be with you, even when you hunt alone. Rusty's head reeled. Lucidar seemed to be offering him the life he had lived so many times and so tantalizingly in his dreams. But could he live that for re- like that for real? Lionheart interrupted his thought. thoughts. Come, Lucidar, let's not waste any more time here. We must be ready to join the other patrol at Moon High. Tagalog will wonder what has come become of us. He stood up and flicked his tail expectantly. Wait, Rusty meowed. Can I think about your author? Blue looked at him for a long moment and nodded. Lionheart will be here tomorrow at sunrise. Prickled deliciously in the light wind, and the rustling leaves seemed to whisper his name in the shadows, into the shadows. Hi guys, I hope you enjoyed the second episode of my second morning's episode of my podcast. I, I, I'm so sorry, I took so long to make another one. Um, I've just been busy, 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 busy. I wrote the first half of chapter one and stuff a while ago. Never out doing chapter two. Completely forgot. I've been meaning to do it, and I finally did. So sorry for the wait, but I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. So, bye!